1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, three people get together to talk about movies with lots and lots of superheroes. It's Siftpop.
2: Welcome to the 41st episode of Sift
1: Pop. No, 42nd. We just talked about this. I mean, this.
2: the 42nd episode of... See, you know, sometimes I like to just jump in try sure. to help out. No,
1: you did fine.
2: Uh, Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and Today. I'm Aaron. I'm Today. I don't know how to count.
1: <laughs> streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons Patrons get perks. Patrons get the perks. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else is on our pop culture minds. And today's guru, it's John Paula! Hello. Hello. (laughs) Good to have you, man. I needed
3: needed to do something that would counter that incredibly unwarranted explosive (laughs) applause introduction. Just hello. Oh,
1: it's totally
3: warranted. Man,
2: you're awesome. Glad to
3: be here. And, we're, and we're, talking, we're talking about Marvel, which is sort of my bread and butter. I think I've done a movie review about every one of the 13 MCU entries so far, and Civil War is probably their most ambitious yet.
1: I, I think ambitious
3: so I'm is, exci- is I'm excited. Good this, is a good, I, this is a good topic. I'm on board for this, for sure.
2: I know we're going to get to it here in a second, but we watched this uh, movie on the IMAX, and it was interesting to think about how many years have passed, you know, where they've all been filming, and be like, I don't remember that giant wrinkle. They're okay. aging.
1: Oh, in their face? Yeah. Oh, like, like
2: the IMAX. On the screen? One was... one wrinkle on their neck is like two miles long. That's <laughs> so You can fall you're... into yeah. it.
1: You feel like Ant-Man yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
2: And so you said 13 years? That's crazy. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, Go on.
1: I mean, it was the original Iron Man was kind of the first MCU movie, right? Was that
2: really 13 years ago, though? I th- I no, mean, no, no, no.
1: 13 films.
3: 13 oh, oh, films. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah.
2: whoa. <laughs> I know, like, you get older and you don't realize time has passed. Yeah. This is one of those moments it. where I thought I was like, has 13 years really passed? Because I, I, don't, remember it. I don't remember it taking that long. Where have I been?
1: No, I, it's been a while, though. I mean, it was eight years ago, I think. Was it 2008? Was the original Correct. Iron Man? Yeah. Yep, Whoa. Well. So it's still been eight years that they've been doing this in 13 films. Well, so. they're still looking good. Uh, And yeah, absolutely. They're most ambitious. But we've got a big show for you today. Uh, before we get to Do We Care... Um. John, first of all, I, I forgot to tell people where they can find you. I know you've got a great YouTube channel and a lot of stuff going on there. So where can people uh, look you up to check out other stuff that you do?
3: Uh, you can go to YouTube slash Jog Wheel. That's my main hub. I do movie reviews and um, comedy sketches, supercuts.
2: cuts. And uh, we talked
3: to Aaron. I did a, well, a supercut of the excellently terrible film Maze Runners 2 Scorch Trials. Yeah. And I, I put together a supercut of how every single line of dialogue in that film is just an iteration of, come on, let's go. Come on. The whole movie, the whole movie are just those dumb teens saying, come on, we have to go. (laughs) The So I put together a four minute cut of just that line. That's
1: amazing. I love super. It was,
3: it was a lot of fun to edit, but also sort of an exercise in, in torture in self-inflicted torture. Uh, So I do a lot of cool stuff. I also do vlogs and travel documentaries, a big one coming up this week on my recent road trip. And, News, politics, and perhaps more importantly to the context of this program, (laughs) I do a movie review show called Movie Night, and I'm excited to be talking about Captain America, Jungle Book, and Keanu later today on that.
1: Cool. Oh, very cool. Well, that's a great transition into the first thing we wanted to do. We wanted to touch on Keanu uh, before we got into um, the rest of the show, just briefly, because we were out last week, so we didn't get a chance to talk new movies last week, but both Keanu and uh, Mother's Day came out and we got a chance to see those.
2: And all three of us have seen Keanu, but only Aaron and I have seen Mother's Day. So mm-hmm. just kind of real briefly, uh what did you think of Keanu?
0: It
3: was funny, but it wasn't very different.
1: Okay. I think it was it's hilarious. My, uh it's a short version. <laughs> and I didn't I don't know that I needed more from it than to be hilarious. Like I those guys are so funny together. Like their chemistry is on point and uh, i think it really shows plus i feel like the movie told a decent story like you know it was silly but it actually had you know kind of good story beats and interesting you know places it went so what are the
2: two guys names that do this movie key and peel i have almost zero experience with them i know that they're they have a large network of you know different comedy shows that they do like on youtube and things like that and i've only seen one of their youtube videos and i think it was well they're
3: from comedy central originally
2: oh okay So for like three... Comedy Central? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They've got a Comedy Central show. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. I think it was like three years ago, maybe Aaron, one of your kids showed me the Mexican standoff video. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. That's a big one for them. I always get the A.A. Ron video, the the teacher who pronounces Aaron A.A. Ron, because my name is Aaron, so everybody calls me A.A. Ron since that video, which is always great when pop culture invades on your name. So there's that.
3: That's one way of putting it. I would just be irritated by
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I went to go watch this movie, I had zero, really zero experience with them as a group. So this was an interesting movie to see because I'm being introduced to their comedy and this really wacky adventure that was like all about gang fights.
1: Yeah, we should mention it's, it, it certainly violent. doesn't shy away from the R rating. I mean, no, it certainly it, pushes it in many, many ways, including racial words. But it's an R And yeah, I mean, it's. It's an R-rated
2: comedy in the realm of gang wars. Yeah. So it was an interesting kind of like place to go, and I definitely laughed, but I wouldn't recommend it to a lot of people that I know because I don't know what they would find and that they would really have a good time doing. There is a really adorable kitten, so that's fun.
1: Which is genius on their part. Genius the, on the that The titular
3: part, a cat is probably the best part of the whole film. Oh, it's
2: so funny! It is so. He's an, it, fantastic. No idea. I did not expect that.
1: The one thing I do think is different, John, and, and we'll move on from this pretty quickly because I don't want to spend the whole thing yeah. talking about Keanu.
2: Yeah. I
1: found it interesting, and the one thing I did find different was I've seen movies that deal with racism and, and you know <laughs> racial things, even in comedy ways, but I don't know that I've seen the kind of racial sensitivity. uh, you know, transitioning from, you know, what one racial stereotype to another done by an African American on both sides. So the fact that they're African Americans, but live in more of a, you know, uh, suburban world and go into kind of that gang culture and then have to adopt what we think is the racial stereotypes of, of that world, I did find that a little different and a little interesting and, and maybe it allowed was, them a little know, more I, leeway. I, I to talk about that I, stuff. I
3: enjoyed that for sure, and I think it was sort of an interesting twist on the existing tropes and, and sort of put, spinning it on its head a bit. Um, but I, I also felt like sort of after that initial concept, the movie sort of dragged for a good half yeah. an hour. It was just more of the same. And I think if they had trimmed 15, 20 minutes from the middle, it would have been a much stronger picture. I laughed a lot. I really liked it. Yeah. But many many of the beats felt familiar. Um, I feel like they could have gone a, you know even harder and and more, I don't know, pointed into the direction of that sort of um, racist satire, however you would sort of, the the satire of this sort of socially aware racism. There were some great moments. And I think the entire scene where uh, Key and all of his gangster buddies were talking about Michael... Uh, George Michael in the car. Oh yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. Really, really funny scene. And I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of that—that that sort of reappropriation of like white culture as like yes. a mm-hmm. gangster mentality. <laughs> that was some great stuff in there, but I it wasn't. I I liked it for sure, but it wasn't. I
1: don't know. It wasn't a perfect movie it. for sure. Um, so. Speaking of not being a perfect movie, let's quickly let's quickly touch <laughs> on Mother's Day. It's awful. <laughs> Moving on.
2: You know, there are times whenever I'm in the theater and I experience something, I get really angry.
1: Yeah, you were mad.
2: This movie made me so mad. It was awful. It was so bad.
1: Now, mad at which part? How badly it was done? How... It's a waste of
2: my life. How? I can't get that time back. <laughs> okay. I'm sitting in a seat. I'm sitting with a group, a group of people, and I'm like, does anyone... And people are laughing at stuff that's just like, does anybody really think this is real life? This is the most unrealistic perspective about relationships that i have seen on film in a long time and the people that are in the room they're laughing you know what it felt like? It felt like that moment when you're in church or something and the pastor starts to like go off the rails a little bit and like start to make people feel bad or, or like, you know, he starts to preach about something that's more his personal perspective rather Uh than something that's biblical. My instinct is to start a revolution. I'm like, stand up people. Don't listen to this. Let's go. We've got to get out of here. Like I felt like saving everybody in the room, but instead they're laughing. I'm like, this isn't funny. This is awful. This isn't even real life. Anyway, I got really mad.
1: We basically we wanted this section of the podcast just so Danae could get that, off, get that off her chest. She has been Please wanting to rant about movie. that for a week.
2: Don't see this movie. Don't give them any money. And if anyone likes this movie, pray for them. They need <laughs> it.
3: You know, you mentioned- Aaron. I I was gonna say I particularly liked Aaron's review, which was just awful. Let's move on. And I've always <laughs> I've always wanted to do a YouTube video where. I, I upload like a four-minute clip that's just padded out with like three minutes and 45 seconds of black that really is just like, this movie sucks, don't see it. And oh, then it's just it's black, sad. so it looks like a full review, <laughs> oh my but it's not. It's not that at it, all, it's and it's so just bad. one
1: word, get out while you can.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, don't go.
3: I've always wanted to do that, but I could kind of be trolling my audience, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe a little bit. It, I, like, I have to say, <laughs> uh, Danae, you mentioned the, the church thing. You said pray for people or whatever. I couldn't shake the feeling while we were watching this. I think you felt the same way because we talked about it that it was like watching a faith-based movie that didn't come from the faith yeah. base. No, <laughs> like, yeah.
2: When we walked out, it was like this is like one of those faith-based movies that's just really, really poorly. Doesn't made, look like the real it's world, all world at all. Famous people. Yeah. It's like yeah. this. This world does not exist. But maybe I don't know. Maybe somehow it does exist. I have. It was. It was a scary movie.
1: No, that's a whole different that franchise. A, that but, was a
2: terrible experience. Yeah. Don't. Don't do it. Okay, so moving on. Now we are going to get into the meat and potatoes of our. Some do we care? Some do we care? Today's got
1: some uh, pop culture headlines, and I John do. and I will ask, uh, say if we care to talk more about them,
2: or maybe just like a little All little right. news clips, just little quickly. Sure, so, uh, little blurb top is Star Wars Han Solo film. Uh, the new lead in the spinoff has been announced.
1: Uh, absolutely care, and I think it's a phenomenal choice.
2: Do you care, John?
3: I care, but I do not care for the film itself. I think Alden Enerich, who was cast as the young Han Solo, because they're going to probably cameo him in the upcoming Rogue One, which is currently filming, that's why they made the announcement now and not a couple years from now when his film comes out, is a good choice, I agree with Aaron. But the actual existence of this film is something... I cannot get behind. I don't have any desire to see Han Solo, what, five, six years before the events of A New Hope. Like he's, right. We're not seeing him as a child, we're seeing him as a mid-twenties something, when Harrison was 33, when he did the first movie. So it's like, we really is this like period of time just before that movie that interesting? I, I don't think so. And I think Harrison was so perfect, I don't want to see anyone else in that role. But. If we're going to have it, I think Alden is, is a is a pretty great choice. I think he's going to do well with it.
1: Uh, he was so great in Hail Caesar as kind of the, the bumbling cowboy. That oh, was, yeah. it were too simple? Oh, uh, yes,
2: yes. I loved him in twer, that movie. Twer, twer, twer. Twers it twer. It twer. It twer. It twer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh,
1: so I think it's a great choice. Uh, I would disagree with you a little bit, John. I, I always wait to... To see the movie before I make that call because it's it's amazed me. I felt that way before, and then somebody pulls a great story out of somewhere, and I go, you know what? That was worth you telling me that story. And who knows what that story is about Han Solo's life, but if it's good, if it's well done, then I think I'll enjoy it and uh, and be able oh, to kind of will, get myself over to it. Don't get
3: me wrong. I'm I'll be there opening night with you know yeah. cosplay on seeing that film, and I'll be very excited. And and, and the, I'm sure it, with with Larry Kasdan writing it. And with Phil and Chris, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller directing, who did the Lego Movie and Twenty One Jump Street, I think there's a lot of potential for this to be excellent. But just on principle, I'm I'm reluctant to sort of pass that baton to anybody else but Harrison Ford.
2: I like how in the chat we've been corrected by Low. Would that it were so simple.
1: Would that it Would were so simple. God
2: bless the chat. You guys are amazing. <laughs> okay, so next we have YouTube said to be planning paid streaming TV service.
1: Man, Ooh,
3: interesting. Do we I, care? I think I saw. A, I I do care because my life is YouTube, um, and I think that this will probably bomb spectacularly. But yeah, I'm interested <laughs> to see that. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, how how is how is YouTube bread taken off?
1: I don't know. They, they Have you heard?
3: They, pre, I mean, they premiered it like six months ago, and so far, I've gotten a grand collective total of. Twelve dollars from it, so which which, which you know, on time, sort man. of the 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 comparison metric is less than one percent of my income. Like it is, it has been not not even a blip on the radar of sort of traffic. So I, I don't think many people are adopting the YouTube sort of paid service platform, and I think this TV idea is just an extension of YouTube Red. And if Red did not sort of take off like they expected, I don't think this will either.
1: I, I care as well uh, simply because it is the obvious next step in the evolution of content yeah. delivery and whoever owns that game is is going to be you know like I, I think Spotify owns that game in the music world right now like they at least in my opinion have the biggest library and the you know the ability to do that but right now right. in the video realm you've got you know Hulu and Netflix and HBOs doing their own thing now even aside from you know their cable subscriptions and so you know there's a lot of people entering into that game but the one who can kind of Put it all together and have all of it accessible for one monthly rate of let's even just say nineteen ninety nine because I, I think, think thirty
2: five was mentioned. I think if you then... could
1: if you could get they're mentioning thirty five bucks a month mm-hmm. for everything to get everything. That's what whoever can land on what it means to have access to all video content, television shows, movies when they're ready I to be released. I would pay
3: almost anything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Almost whoever, anything. Whoever can figure that out, they're going to be able to set that price point. You know, whether it's at twenty bucks a month or fifty bucks a month or you know, whatever it is. Is that, but.
3: is that attainable, though? Is such a utopian concept at all in the realm of possibility for Part some the... grand arcing umbrella that does contain HBO, Showtime, all broadcast and cable television services, right. all internet streaming from Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, and YouTube. Is it possible to get all of that under one umbrella? Listen, and we, also, we... Also includes stuff like, like Pandora or Spotify right. or Twitch. Like, can we get all of it in one place? We went to the I moon. I don't think so.
2: We went to the moon, people.
3: <laughs> we could do it. Technically speaking, um, you are right. This is <laughs> certainly within the realm of doable. But I think legally and from like an intellectual intellectual property standpoint Comcast, Time Warner, Disney, they're all going to compete and they're not not—they're not going to get along.
2: One of the things we're that we have,
3: we're going to have five different verticals from five different companies trying to do the same yeah. thing.
2: And that was one of the things that was kind of mentioned in the article that there's possibility they're in talks. They've been in talks since I think it said something around the like 2012 era, something like that. They've been working with the cable companies to try to work something out already. And it seems like they might be getting closer, but some, one of the analysts that they were talking about said Um, they think that the TV networks are going to hesitate to hand over their audience to YouTube, knowing that the platform can mine those viewers for data and also choose not to share it. I think that's one of the big things that these, these huge decisions are going to be looking at. Yeah. I don't
1: know what the answer is, but if somebody can crack it, I mean, they're they're going to make, they're going to rule. And I think actually the closest right now is Netflix because they, they really didn't have those corporate ties before they started. So they're able to be their own company in a lot of ways. but um... Well,
3: I'll give you one quick answer. One, one word as to why Netflix will not succeed on its own. Sports. Yeah. They have no live programming for news or for sports of any kind. And I think if you want to truly compete as an as a individual, standalone television vertical, you need to have some of that. Like television without sports is, is, is like a shell. And while Netflix is great for TV and movies, like, you're missing out on news, politics and sports, which is a huge, huge backbone of the industry. And if whoever can combine those two things together, live cable broadcast programming with all of the original movies and series and stuff we'd love to binge watch, that will be, that'll be the, whoever makes it to that finish line first wins, you know, this proverbial prize. But I don't, I don't see it happening soon hopefully someday well they'll have
1: they have to get their act together at some point because i mean you know if if it's too crazy and complicated for people to do legally people find ways to do it illegally it's very easy to do it illegally so you know i think it makes a lot of sense for them as the music industry found out to figure out a legal way to do it that everybody can get together and cooperate because people people want i really believe this people want to do the right thing they want to pay for the content they're getting it's just confusing, and the the copyright laws are so you know hard to understand, in a lot of that stuff. So, know, I've, I've long difficult.
3: maintained that that a, a large source of internet pi- uh, piracy is due out of convenience rather than yeah, financial burden. Yeah, I agree. Burden.
1: I totally and agree. And I think
3: a lot of people are willing to pay the money, but it's like if you make me jump through hoops, and if I have to sign up for the service, uh, like for example, the new Star Trek show coming out next January is going to be on CBS All Access. Ooh, this which, is going to be a case- good segue. Which, in case you didn't even realize, like CBS also has their own internet streaming <laughs> platform, and it's like, why, why are you going, why are you going to put a Star Trek show behind a paywall? Like these are the fans that will pay good money for it, but at the same time, they're also the ones who would rather have the convenience of just pirating themselves, watching it on the device they want instead of going through your hoops.
0: Yeah, and I, exactly. I see that
3: as being, I see that as being one of those shows that's going. To get, like, probably one of the most pirated shows of next year is going to be the new Star Trek.
1: Probably could be. Because
3: people don't want to go. If it was on Netflix, no problem. People already have that. People are willing to pay it. But a whole new service with no other shows they're interested in its asking for
1: trouble. Today, what do you got?
2: Speaking of Star Trek, here's my next title. I have no idea if this is pop culture or not. (laughs) 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 Lawsuit will decide who owns Star Trek language Klingon. Oh well, yeah, that's Ooh. pop
1: culture for sure. Is that pop culture. Yeah. Yes, I did it. So there's a lawsuit about who is the owner of that language. So do you care? I do care about this. John? This is a very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. um,
3: as a Trekkie, I care because I think this is an, an, a very interesting. As a Trekkie, I care. Right. And just as sort of a nerd about intellectual property rights, this is also interesting to yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. So I also I'm care. So I'm excited to see how that shakes out. Here's the Who, who kind of currently interview. owns the rights? The- is it Paramount, CBS, Gene Roddenberry's estate?
2: Um, Paramount Pictures holds the copyright to Klingon, which is spoken by some characters in Star Trek. The Language Creation Society is arguing that Klingon is a real language and therefore not oh, copyrightable. Oh,
1: that's So there's fascinating. this interesting
2: kind of world where the Hollywood reporter said is. that this group has uh, sued saying Klingon is a real language and that Paramount cannot copyright it any more than it could English or Chinese. And Paramount has been forced to defend itself by arguing that Klingon is fake and therefore, in reality, useless. Whoa! Which is interesting because then you think about things like Lord of the Rings, right? Like, yeah, what yeah, about yeah. Elvish? That's a language that Tolkien right. actually did write. It technically is a language that can be spoken. And many Trekkies do speak Klingon. So is this is kind of what's happening in that realm. There's not a resolution to talk about in this article. It's just something that's Well, let's talk ongoing. about our own
1: opinion then. Let's let's land. Let's land on one side or the other. Uh, Danae, what do you think? You've had the longest to kind of ingest this idea have you thought about like where you would land?
2: I I think if uh if if there is a group of people who can communicate with with language then yeah it's it's a language it's not something that you know you should not be able to so use. So you you would
1: land you think it's that it's uncopyrightable. Right. What if somebody wants to use it at Klingon in their TV show? Cool. So you just you just, you know, think it's uncopyrightable. Yeah. What right. about you, John?
3: Um I I feel like Principally, I, I would agree with that, but I feel like legally and technically it, it was created for the screen By a writer. I don't know if Gene Roddenberry personally did it, but someone wrote it for the screen and that's where it started. So I feel like Just on its very base, it it, it belongs to Paramount like any and just like the like a Star Trek logo or anything mm. else, you know, it's it's part of that brand I, and I'd I But what's interesting is the Klingon language exists because nerds outside of the property expanded on the spoke. Like on screen, if you tally up all of the shows, all of the movies, there's maybe only like a few hundred words of Klingon ever spoken. Right. But then some really devoted Trekkies decided to expand that out to a full language. So that's, I think, where the real argument is: like, how much of it is actually originated from the show, which right. is already protected under certain rights and copyrights, right? Versus how much was sort of filled in the blanks by dedicated fans after the fact. And do they own then the copyright to what they created? I, I don't that know. is
2: interesting. What do you Extreme, think? It's Aaron?
3: extremely
1: fascinating.
2: Yeah. There's,
3: there's, I mean, this, this the ruling of this will will sort of set precedence, I think.
1: If I were a in judge, a, in a very
3: very niche area, it would set precedent.
1: If I were a judge on you know that court or whatever. Let's say, you know, there's a judging panel and I'm one of those judges. I'm pretty sure right now I would land on the side of Paramount. Hmm. I think because if I look cuz I like to try to suss through to the foundation of something and the foundation of this is that somebody created this for an entertainment product, right? So that right. is copyrightable. It always, you know, it always has been um, and then just because people launched off of it and kind of crowdsourced it a little bit and made it deeper and right. bigger. The seed is still there that they should at least have. I, I feel like okay, what if I were Paramount? You know, I'd feel like look, we we made this thing right, and because of existing laws, we should be able to make money off of it. Oh, know. So I think that's where I would land right now. And I, I know that I, I know it's not popular because it's the corporation well, I over guess the, the people. I but guess the I, super
2: fans, though, they have a choice, right? They can just the words that they have made up, the language that they have made up. Mm-hmm. They can continue to use those. But maybe there's just the words that are in the script. Those are off limits now. So that, that makes oh, it be so it, hard. It forces it? language to change a little those bit. Those are so all the best happen.
3: words, though. <laughs> <laughs> those are all the best words like kapla. <laughs>
2: you know? OK, and last those one. just is just a, a, an interesting side note. This was sent in uh, by Caleb. And thank you, Caleb, for helping us do the Dewey Care segment today. Uh, just a, a note, the Rolling Stones, Stones have told Donald Trump to stop playing their music at rallies. <laughs> that Good was his <laughs> So Good. They never gave permission to Trump campaign to use the songs, and will have requested that they cease all use immediately. Uh, the, yes. the, the quote,
3: they never gave permission to use their songs, is one I keep hearing every single political cycle. It started with, uh, who was it, Ronald Reagan yeah, in Yeah, it was Reagan, Bruce yeah. Springsteen's born in the USA. Like, at, that's an anti-Vietnam ballad. You dolt. <laughs> you're repurposing it as some patriotic anthem when that is the exact opposite of its theme and throughout history time and time again we've seen politicians repurpose famous music as their own marching anthem whether or not they get permission or even understand the lyrics or are a fan of the artist of any kind so i, I, don't, I don't doubt that donald trump is probably a fan of the stones i think everybody is to an extent but right by the same token they're a british band they have no allegiance to yeah. American politics and if I had to guess certainly not to Trump so I I'm also not surprised that they never got permission nor am I not surprised that Trump didn't secure permission right I'm, I'm wondering what took him so long to sort of put the kibosh on this though that's sort of been if I was Mick Jagger I would have told him no weeks ago
1: I am going to uh, just rant for three seconds on politics <laughs> this is the reason I hate Trump okay because he makes me want okay. to rant about politics. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to feel this passionate about something, but I do when it comes to him. So that's
2: how I felt when I watched Mother's Day.
1: <laughs> nice. I
2: don't want to feel this passionate about this stuff. I don't want to get this upset. <laughs>
1: All right, let's go into uh, let's go into Captain America: Civil War. Here's a little bit from the score.
2: Okay, of note, if any of us entered to that music, it would be lame. But when it's like Captain America coming into that music, it was pretty awesome. Marvel
1: is back with their latest Captain America movie. Yes, it is a Captain America movie, even though it is really an Avengers movie. Uh, It is called Captain America Civil War, and it centers around Captain America... And uh, all the other members of the Avengers and the Avengers secondary characters.
2: And the Avengers thirdary characters. <laughs>
1: having to pick sides on a philosophical debate that's going on in the culture about superheroes, their powers, and what they can do. Uh, we like to start by thinking about whether we liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, or just thought it was okay. Danae, what about you? I
2: think I liked it.
1: Liked it. John?
3: Oh, I liked it
2: for sure.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with like Super Duper liked it. I can't quite pull the trigger on loved it. There's a couple of things no, that me neither that that about it that that are big enough that keep me from going loved it. But I really, really liked it.
2: I think at the end or of
3: scale, I, I work on a one to ten scale, Aaron. So where are you coming from? A nine?
1: Uh, on a one to ten, probably eight, eight and a half. I gave it a B plus on my scale. I do the letter scale. Seven point
2: so. yeah. nine eight. Three.
1: <laughs> Nicely done, Danae. Thank Nicely you. Nicely done. Thank you. Well, why don't you- I think, I, think I, I just finished
3: writing my review. I haven't had a chance to film it yet. My, like I said, my show, moving Night, will be up later tonight on YouTube. But I am, I am sort of flip-flopping on it. Is it an eight or is it quite a nine? It's certainly not a ten. And I don't think it's a seven. But it's really – it's up there. Exactly. And that's, I'm exactly that's with sort you. Of, That is the biggest sort of philosophical debate I had when watching this, is how good is it? Am I just being suckered and lured in by all the same glitz and glamour and funny dialogue we've seen 12 times before? Or is this movie actually worth a higher grade? But
1: there's nothing wrong with that glitz and glamour either. There's nothing wrong with them going to that well. No, absolutely not. I think... There's there's something
3: to be said for both sides of that sort of uh, argument. Is it repetitive and is it sort of formulaic and does it not try anything new? Yes, yes, and yes. But at the same time, it is so fun. It's fantastic. It's like this big action spectacle you can't help but enjoy and smile at for the entire two and a half plus hours. That's so. a
2: good point. So let's let's talk about
1: the things we loved. Let's start with the positive stuff. Danae, what was some stuff that you really liked about Civil War?
2: Um, I didn't get lost, you know, okay. it didn't feel like, you know, even there's a lot happening in this movie and there's a lot of characters that are, you know, that are in front of us. Maybe it's because I've spent many years with these characters at this point. I didn't feel overwhelmed throughout it. Uh, I, I did also uh, like a lot of the action sequences, which was kind of fun. Um, It was just kind of nice to go back in that world. I think that's what I liked the most about it is not only was I going back into the world, having a good time. But it did feel like a solid Marvel movie. It wasn't yeah. It wasn't something that was disappointing. And it wasn't something that was like, that just blew me away. It, but it was close to, you know, really, really good.
1: There's so much I liked about this. You touch on one thing that I'll just expand on a little bit. And John, feel free to jump in too. Uh, I think Marvel has the character thing down so well. They they've laid out such a foundation for these characters as superheroes, but also as human beings that we identify with them. We know each of their, you know, their weaknesses, who they are, how they're related to the other people. You know, even with a few new characters, you know, kind of entering the scene, we know so much about that family. It just it feels like that, right? Like a family of characters who you know who they are. And not only do you know who they are, they remain that. They stay true to who they are written as a character.
2: And something else to kind of add into this, in this movie, you know going in with Civil War, it's going to have that conflict feel to it. And anytime you see some of your favorite people arguing with each other and angry with each other and on different sides they still did a good job of making us understand those sides. It wasn't like, I mean, sure, you could pick a side if you wanted to, but they knew that all of the audience is in on all of the characters. And so I think they did a good job of fleshing that out too. John, what were some of your thoughts?
3: Uh, I agree with all the aforementioned. I feel like Marvel has always really nailed the character game and building off of all of the previous films worked well here. This felt like a proper sequel to both winter soldier and age of ultron yeah. we got sort of extensions and also um introductions for new films that come out in the next couple years mm-hmm. so it was it it it's it fulfilled its obligation and responsibility of both sequel and prequel and sort of ensemble collaboration sort of avengers two and a half and and somehow remarkably it juggled all of these elements in a way that felt uh, like organic and it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel overloaded necessarily. I think the extended runtime helped Give the movie a bit of breath. It never felt like it was rushed right um, at the same time it, it did feel like there was there were a lot of things in this movie um, But it was good it was like a good like healthy buffet of like every little cuisine you wanted to try mm, you buffet. had a little bit of in there I'm hungry. you um, mentioned I
1: you mentioned, you mentioned the word uh, juggled. I think that's the perfect word. You You think of like a yeah. juggler who is juggling, let's say, just 13 balls, like ridiculous amount of things yeah. in the air. And you see those jugglers and they look so fluid and it just looks effortless. And I feel like Marvel is doing that, like they're keeping all these balls in the air and they're doing it with such grace and style. And it's just it's amazing to watch.
2: I think, like, having totally seen agree. other movies where there's, like, this big ensemble of characters and having seen it not go well, it was really nice to go back into a movie where it is done well. Um, I mean,
3: Batman versus Superman was only a month old now. And that had far, far fewer characters. And it did it
2: terribly. so poorly.
3: <laughs> yeah, So poorly. By comparison, like, you only had, like, three or four people. You had to introduce Batman and introduce Wonder Woman and you still screwed it up. <laughs> and – Whereas in this movie, they were in, they introduced what at least three or four new characters. I think. I
2: yeah. We
3: had the, we had the bad guy. We had a couple new heroes that have right. their own films coming out. And I I think there was a couple of side. I feel like Captain America's love interest was sort of teased in Winter Soldier, but we finally got yeah. Some you know moments between them.
2: And we're having so, like we're having flashbacks from one of the characters' youth. You know, there's other characters that they're introducing to us visually. You're right. There were a lot of people in this that. Like I guess that's the the tiers, right? There's mm-hmm. the Avengers and then there's the Avengers, Avengers, and then there's the you know whatever.
1: The B Squad.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. B and C. The
1: understudies.
2: <laughs> the the yeah, B Squad,
1: they- by the way, is the name of Ant Man's Army. I just thought that, you know Really? The B No, I just made oh, that up. Oh. The B Squad. Oh my
2: goodness. Just, How a- do I not see <laughs> that coming? How do I not see that coming? Sorry,
1: I know that bugs <laughs> you.
2: I, oh my god. Solid <laughs>
1: joke. Only a dad. Sorry, make anything one of those. I can do to relieve the sting. I'm just saying
2: <laughs> Killing me. All right. <laughs> so what do we want you want to move on to things we didn't like about them?
1: Oh, movie? there's so much more to talk about that I loved. Can I just mention a couple other things? Well
2: and John probably Paul has more Rudd.
1: Time. Yes. I, I uh, was gonna Paul mention Rudd. I was gonna mention Ant-Man as well. Oh Paul Rudd is so great. I, he, have a I would just watch a
3: movie of him out of costume for two hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he I have is
1: a... like the affability
3: of that man is contagious. He, he... is just Fun and charming and just pleasant is a good word. To oh describe yeah, he's
1: it. so great. There's a similarity. And his
3: his entire the entire fight scene, like he's just making quips and dumb little jokes, and I had a smile the whole time, there's mostly a, because of him.
2: There's a um there's a similarity between uh, Paul Rudd mm-hmm. and um uh Robert Downey Jr. a little bit, where they both have this like presence on camera where they're just like super relaxed and you you feel really open and vulnerable to them. Like you are having a conversation right. with them. Whereas maybe with a character or with someone like Scarlett, there's like this, there's a barrier to, to entry in a way with her. Like mm-hmm. she just is more complex maybe as, but Paul and has a humor to him. Um, and even I think, you know, Robert.
1: Well, the the difference between their, the, you think you're talking about their ease. Yeah. You know, their ease on the screen. The difference is, Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Iron Man, or Downey himself maybe, his ease is in confidence. Paul Rudd's ease is in non-confidence. Conf- yeah. It's almost in incompetence. Kind of making fun of himself yeah, in a yeah, way. In, yeah, yeah.
2: I, so, I have a confession I need to tell you guys about this.
1: Oh no,
3: please
2: so, do. <laughs> you have
1: a crush on Paul Rudd.
2: Well, you remember how much <laughs> I loved confession. Ant-Man? I loved Ant-Man. Yeah, that was one of your favorites. That movie was... Uh, no, I think that's
3: probably one. Of, that's probably one of the best solo uh, films since the original Iron Man.
2: Unexpectedly, I like fell in love. It was one of the best rides I've had mm-hmm. in a. In, and I like was freaking out. I was even saying it was my favorite, even above Avengers, and that was like a big deal or whatever. When he appears on this movie, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> when he comes out, when he comes out in this, like his appearance, like his moment when he kind of like comes that is on screen, so, Denae. I'm sitting there. I'm like, who is that guy? And. And then it's clear that people on the screen know who he is. And then there's some people who have never met him before. So I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one that's out on this one. <laughs> and he's talking. When and he's did you driving. realize? It took me like 20 seconds. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's Ant-Man. And then I felt so stupid. <laughs>
1: How do that's I That's amazing. I, that is that is so you though. That's I just that's not stupid. That's things. not stupid. You just you have short term
2: passion. I just launch know? it. It's just yeah. like it's gone from my mind. To,
3: to be to be fair, for sharing embarrassments, there was a solid like five minutes where I got uh, the Winter Soldier mixed up with the bad guy. They look really similar, right? <gasps> they do. <Yeah. laughs>
1: they do. They they certainly do.
2: That's amazing.
0: Uh, and I was
3: like, wait, who is this guy chanting all this Russian code? Is this <laughs> the Winter? Because that's what I was like. Did Sebastian Stan cut his hair? Like, I don't remember what he looks like because in the last movie he had a mask on half the time and i don't think that's him but i was uh, but we hadn't seen him yet i'm like oh i guess that's him okay whatever uh, he the, has a russian name whatever
1: the, the actor that played the bad guy in this uh was in the movie rush and was phenomenal in that i think i think it's the same actor what, what's his his name daniel brawl yeah daniel, daniel brawl yeah Braul. he's really good uh he's been in some in it yeah, he's been in some stuff recently and gotten some Oscar attention, and and he's a really great actor. So it was it was good to see him in it.
2: So. I agree, though. That was definitely a positive. Is you know when in this movie when you have so many superheroes all showing up in this complex universe, like when we see Scarlet Witch, in my mind I'm like, Scarlet Witch. Okay, her dad is this person. Okay, he's over here on this side. You know, like there's just she called such- Scarlet Witch in this. Isn't that who she is? I don't is? think
3: you're, I don't I don't know that her name is mentioned
2: once.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to call no, I don't think her they can, Scarlet Witch because it's owned X-Men, by X Men. Yeah, own the character. But but
2: still in that universe, you know who she is, right? right? So like I'm like, okay, her dad is this person, and then she's tied in over here. And then all of a sudden it's like my brain is just like What do
3: they call her? Do they just call her by her Her name. Yeah, I just think her name.
2: they just call her her name in this. Is it
1: Wendy maybe or something like that? Maybe it's
2: Wendy or something. So many characters. So so that was another interesting thing. I have enough trouble
1: remembering my kids' names
2: when they all appear and you stop, like if they were to pause this movie and give you a second to breathe as all of their, all of them are interacting, all these new characters that we're seeing, the ones that we've been seeing for years now, like it's just so complex and it's so huge and it's so much fun. Like, There's this, there's a, you know, the big kind of like moment when they're all on screen together Mm -hmm. and there's so much action happening. It was epic and and fun and exactly what you want it to do. You want it to be that good. And in those particular kind of scenes where they're all firing, it was a lot of fun.
1: The only other thing I wanted to mention uh, that I like I have to mention in the positive category is how, how deep I felt this movie was. Like I really felt like the conversation they were having about checks and balances and superheroes and that kind of stuff was worthy of thinking about beyond... It reminded me of the movie... I'm totally forgetting the movie that just came out. I loved it, but it was about that in the real world. It was about... Um, oh, what was it called? Anyways, it was about drones and picking up... Uh, Eye in the Sky. I think it's yes. Eye in the Sky. It reminded me of that really important conversation we're having about, you know, how do you maintain checks and balances in a technological world? How right. do you maintain it in a superhero world? You know, and so, I so I your went positive in.
2: positive is kind of like that they did a good job of presenting yeah, that? Yeah, like
1: I went in thinking, well, this is, this is a duh. I'm on Captain America's side. You know, you cannot harness these guys. You have to let them do their job. And I came away going, I'm not sure. I'm mm. I'm not sure that Tony Stark didn't convince me a little bit that
2: he th- he made the right decision. That he
1: made the right decision. Like I just so it's really interesting for me because I think they did a good and the movie has the fortitude not to give you the easy answers even yeah. by the end, which the, I love.
2: It is something to talk about that they do a good job in this movie of presenting like what would what would cause this group of people to feel discourse. And it is kind of a political movie. We're not fighting aliens this time. We're not fighting, you know, Loki or Mm -hmm. something that pops out of the sky. You know, this is kind of more of a political style movie where it is just kind of like more realistic, actually, in a way. It's something that could easily happen, you know, in culture today, except for that we don't have, you know, the Hulk and stuff like that. Which, by the way, I miss that guy. (laughs) <laughs> so I think they did a good job because it was complex. It was complicated in some in some new in some new ways and yeah. they did a good job of presenting those sides. Like I said earlier, you can kind of see everyone's perspective and why they're arguing with each other yeah. and why there's discourse yeah, and it I agree. Inv- and it invites you the viewer to pay, uh, play a part in that and to kind of develop your own ideals as this is going on.
1: John, so- did you have any other positives you wanted to throw out there before we went into the problems we have with it?
3: Uh, let's see, what did I write here on my script? I mean, there was a lot of things I liked about it. Um, a little bit of everything, honestly. The, the, the central action scene at the airport was worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it was handled so well. Each, you know, each team sort of spared off against each other that you didn't even really notice that Thor and Hulk are not in this movie. They are mentioned briefly, but there's so much going on, it's like, you know, actually, I don't, even, I don't even really miss the fact that, like, two out of five of the original adventures didn't make it for this one, because I'm having so much fun anyway. And I wonder, though, how Chris Hemsworth feels about this, like, seeing all of his <laughs> friends together at a party, and he's not invited. But, um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought um, it handled the story really well. Yeah. It kept it simple, which was effective, considering the size of the cast. I couldn't add a lot of wrinkles and make it uh too overly political or, or complicated. Um but yeah, I, I I it's it's more of the same though with Marvel. Like the things I liked are the things I've always liked, you know? Yeah the heroes, the, the, nice the visual effects, that. the action and Yeah, which is good. They're consistent, which is great. We haven't spent a lot of time
1: uh, on the action other than to say that that we like the set pieces. But once again, some of the moves in some of these fights, some of the
3: martial arts stuff and the
1: physical stuff. I
3: could watch Scarlett Johansson hurdle obstacles and kick people in the face all day.
2: There's this one particular point. When the opening,
3: is, the cold open. When the she's cold just open. Like, oh, that's awesome. When she's in, she's in Lagos, Africa, and she's just sprinting through a marketplace, hurtling over fruit carts and punching people and stuff. And obviously, she looks fantastic in whatever she's wearing. But like this particular scene was like, wow, this is awesome. She is clearly a badass and has no problem taking down as many people. And then when she gets hung up, right, then there's that sort of, here's another ally that we totally forgot was in the scene to yes, save Yes,
2: thank you. Because there's, every, oh, there's so always good. another
3: hero around the corner. Yeah. And... The, the movie does a good job sort of bringing them back into the scene right when we forget they're there.
2: I don't want to go through the trauma that uh, that she had to go through in her life to become the Black Widow. Let's just be honest. It was terrible. But um, I also just want to be her because <laughs> she was amazing. All
1: the gain, none of the pain.
2: All the gain, none of the pain. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what I'll take. We do yep. need to move on to our things we didn't like though. Yeah. So I'll start. You want to start?
1: I think for me it's it, there's one major one that really keeps the, me from being able to say that this is a great film. Is this uh, is
2: it a spoiler?
1: I don't well, it would be if I detailed oh, oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to detail it. I will just say that there is a plot convenience uh in the finale of this movie that is pretty jarring to me uh by how convenient it has to be for the things that this movie wants to happen to happen. I,
3: know, yeah, I, know I don't it. think I understand what you're saying.
2: That's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, trying
3: to, I'm trying to read between the lines and I well, I'm trying I wish I could detail it
1: and I will in the spoiler cast. I will I will, you know, obviously let you know exactly what I'm talking about. This movie has a few plot conveniences in it, but there's one major one towards the end that that really actually kind of gets under my skin a little bit
2: i wonder if it's the same one that i have which was my major fault with the movie and i can't talk about it because i would i would hate to give out uh the the specifics so i'll save mine for the spoilers too see if
1: i can figure but, out a way to let at least john know
2: es- essentially <laughs> essentially um you know he, just like in all movies you've got a bad guy trying to do something that he's doing and you know he's got this whole he's got a plot he's trying to develop and then you got the good guys doing their thing and uh, the the bringing of all of that together the moment when the, it all kind of starting to make sense and where we the audience are finally beginning to understand mm-hmm. the full perspective of what the bad guy is trying to do in that moment it is so convenient there's something that happens in that scene there's something the bad
1: guy wants to happen that he had no way of making yeah. happen or it knowing it it seems like even a small yeah. chance that it would happen
2: so so that was one of mine too is 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 actually just storyline as far as the movie goes, I don't really have a lot of down thing. There was one CGI moment that took me out of the film, which was really annoying because it was like a really important moment, and it was so CGI, and I couldn't even...
1: Really? I didn't have any of that.
2: Really? Which yeah.
1: moment was this? I'm wondering if it's the same
3: one I was about to complain about.
2: Um, It is Iron Man. Yep. He
3: has his mask off. and He's yes. having a conversation.
2: Yeah. Well, it,
3: it's, you know why? You know what happened? No. Well, they, they decided halfway through production, like, hey... We just got the rights to another character. Let's add him into the movie at the last minute and refilm a bunch of conversations that we don't have the sets for anymore. Ah. Let's, just, let's just chroma key rotoscope Robert's face onto a body shot that we did months ago, and the result it, it, it looks uh, especially and uncharacteristically fake for for the team that does the visual effects for these movies,
0: oh, uh, which I think is Industrial
3: Light and Magic. Because um, I and mean, it was obvious like they shot this stuff months after the rest of it, and it, I don't know why they couldn't. Do a better job because early in the movie, in this quickie little flashback that oh, sort yeah. of amounts to a little more than just showing off, they have Robert Downey Jr. in a flashback oh. of when he's like 22 years how? old, and it looks incredible. What? Right? Okay, I, I right. Was, and I was like, wait, did they make him shave off his goatee for <laughs> this? Like, but how, then I was like, how no. Many, how many they face did peels? It's
2: it. a lot of face it, peels.
3: They <laughs> did the same thing with uh, Michael Douglas at the beginning of Ant Man, and I praised that because I, I felt like finally we have crossed to the other side of the uncanny valley. We've finally done it. We've found a way to like make CGI characters look well, so realistic that the untrained eye does not notice the difference. I thought it was
1: great. And, um, I think, for me, what was interesting and what I loved about it even more was that they gave themselves an out with that as yeah. well. Uh, and I don't know that I want to give away what that is because it's a kind of nice little beat in the movie. Um, but if, if you come away from that scene going, oh, that didn't do it for me, the movie goes, yeah, that's okay, because that works for what
2: supposed we're doing. To. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, like... no,
1: no, it, it
3: is it is clever in that regard, that it's not yeah. necessarily supposed to be completely right. realistic. Right, yeah, yeah. And the added touches, they also gave Robert some eyeliner, which is, like, fitting with how he used to look in the 90s, if you've seen any of his <laughs> older movies. And I was like, this looks like I'm watching, like, Air America or Natural Born Killers. This looks like he's 25 years younger. Yeah. It, I, was, it was incredible. They, I think vision, it's really I neat. want to see more of that. I want to see them have more... Old actors portray younger versions of themselves.
2: Yeah, that was I would brilliant. love
3: to see like Michael Douglas again as like his Wall Street, you know, aged Gordon Gecko. That would I would pay for that. That that'd be a movie
1: I would see because Wall Street Two, let's pretend never happened. <laughs> sure, we can do that. Um, anything else on the negative side that we wanted to bring out before we kind of do our one more thing and move on? Um,
2: I would not suggest if you're going to go see this in IMAX 4K. 3D laser laser thing mm-hmm. if you're gonna or you know any imax try not to sit really close to the front bottom right or left
3: oh you shouldn't ne- you should never sit in the front of an IMAX. Ugh, it was you gotta brutal. go early and sit sit it in the was back brutal in the middle, guys right? they... well
1: they're assigned seats at the at the laser and when
2: we got our tickets which think they were comp tickets think and thank you to the theater for inviting us out and you yeah. know inviting us to come and be part of the yeah, premiere we, we're
1: not looking to gift horse in the mouth on this no 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 no, no. Yeah.
2: but To see this movie, there's a lot of action sequences. And when you're so close to it that you cannot... Your
1: your eyes...
3: They're, yeah, you can't adjust in, quick in, enough.
2: In this movie, their way of kind of presenting, like the because you're traveling around, you're you're in London, you're in Germany, you're you know you're kind of going all over the globe, and every time you're introduced to a city, it tells you what city you're in in huge letters that go from the far you know, giant, the, uh-huh. huge, giant letters it fills the whole screen. So when you're at the IMAX and you're at the front and you have to actually you actually turn have to turn your, your, head, your head to read to the read words, it, <laughs> you're too close, <laughs> you're too close. So sometimes it got a little bit you know uh, hard for me to follow, especially with action, um, because perspective-wise, it was like I was Ant-Man, and mm-hmm. I was this tiny person watching the movie from the carpet, you know, instead of being, like, up above it, yeah. or, or yeah, even watching it Yeah, I'm excited to see on. the movie
1: from a better perspective. I really am. But, I, but that has I, especially nothing to do, do with the movie. Yeah. That yeah. has
2: everything to do with going and seeing it. But I would I would definitely recommend kind of trying to be more central.
1: I The only other issue that I had, and it's a very minor one, I think this movie relies on fan service just a little bit more yeah. than the others I would, do. I would, I would yeah. agree. And I,
3: I think, yeah. to, to that end, I feel like we had a couple of new characters introduced that while fantastic and interesting and I'm excited to see their solo movies, we could have waited. We didn't need to have them in this particular film. We could have waited on that, especially and- when the, the result was the aforementioned sort of poorly done face swapping technology that just made Robert look like he was a floating head on a mechanical body. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I, we didn't need to see some of these characters this early. We could have waited for the next couple films.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I
3: like. But that. But that said, I loved seeing them.
1: Yes, I, I just th-
3: don't know that. Like on a two and a half hour film, that we really need another twelve minutes of character introductions?
1: Yeah, I, Which characters? Well, uh Not ones that we don't want to spoil.
3: Oh, I oh, think. oh, oh,
2: oh, oh, oh! Sorry, I, I was the, reading the in the chat. Got it, got it. I the got two it. two new ones. The, I'm with you.
1: two new ones. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: Cool. Well, which I what's... think we're
3: both on Iron Man's team.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's. That's true. They were. They were both on uh, Team Iron Man.
2: Team Iron Man. All right, Man. we'd like
1: to finish off with one more thing something you didn't get to say about this movie, but you want to make sure that you get out there before we finish talking about it. John, you got something you want to go first?
3: Uh, pass. Come back.
1: Danae? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Danae? Uh, you know, I was. Oh, I do. Okay, go ahead.
3: Uh, two quick things. One. Uh, Paul Rudd referring to Hawkeye as Arrow Man. (laughs) I loved that. It was a quick moment and the crowd was already sort of laughing because of another thing that happened. So Some people might not have caught it but there's a great scene where Ant-Man straps onto one of his arrows to ride it which was a fantastic visual but he just calls him, right, all right, Arrow Man, I'm ready (laughs) and it was just, I got a good chuckle. And then the second thing is Iron Man's watch which he transforms into a full Iron Man glove. And uh, he described it on Jimmy Fallon last night as uh, as Iron Man's little derringer, like his two shot pistol. Like it's just small enough to have in your wrist pocket, but it can still pack like one or two little punches. That's and amazing. I love that little scene where he puts this, yeah. he, you know, whips it over his own wrist. Um, I, I want to see more of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. The name?
2: Um, I would say I was really excited to see Vision again because his appearance. Yeah, in we haven't even talked Age about Ultron, Vision, yeah. Was really powerful and it was pretty awesome just to, to think about this new thing being created or whatever. And then we get to actually spend some time with him in this film. I will, I would say, like, my one more thing would be he's just as complex as and, and confused and confusing. I
1: find him confusing. I'm but not sure I, I fully understand him. think he's also
2: confused too about how to interact in his environment.
3: I, 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 I... I'm, I'm kind of upset because I, I don't know that they've really established what his powers are or what his limitations are. I
2: think and I wonder.
3: It felt like in Age of Ultron, like he was basically, he could pick up Thor's hammer. He right. was basically more powerful than everybody put together. <laughs> Yet in this, in the big battle scene in this movie, he, he I don't know that he really did anything. He just kind of felt like a background character watching from a distance. And then every now and then he'd kind of pop in and do something. But... I was kind of like, if you have vision, isn't that game over? Like, how does yeah. the other team even compete? That's that's what that's, I'm
2: confused about. Yeah, that know? was one of the things that. Yeah, yeah, he's a very powerful thing. Uh, indi-
3: Ent- entity,
2: entity, whatever he is. But I, um, I said one more thing and though is that he wears
3: clothes. Like, I was really <laughs> confused. Like, he's wearing a college shirt. I do not <laughs> Is he is he modest? I don't. How what, what's under this shirt? I don't understand. It, We've all I, seen I him want, naked. I I want I want to learn more about this guy, and yeah. we haven't got really an introduction to him yet.
2: Aaron,
1: my one more thing uh, is probably the fact that I'm really glad this is a Captain America movie because they are my favorite in the series. Uh, and I, we've talked a lot about everybody else, but I just my one more thing is to just briefly talk about how much I love Chris Evans as Captain America and how much so I love good. so so much about how I love how they portray that character, how he portrays that character. I love how he fights. I love his action. Uh, I love his shield. I love. There's a scene in this where he is, I'll just say, uh, holding things together, and he yeah. has kind of that thing in every one of his movies, and it is,
2: oh. It's so good. It's so
1: good. It's chilling. And it, yeah, yeah. yeah, you get goosebumps.
2: Yeah, it's And good. I'm
1: just like, I love that character so much, and this movie solidified for me, his standing is is my favorite uh, Marvel character. I I,
3: I, th- I think he might be my f- favorite character in the MCU be- because of his sort of stubborn idealism. Yeah. yeah. And like he, he wants the world to be this perfect good versus evil, black versus white, sort of the allies versus mm-hmm. the axis of evil. That's the g- world he grew up in. And he extends that sort of metaphor to the rest of his life. And it doesn't always fit. And that's sort of the impetus for this picture's conflict is like he wants it to be simple and it isn't but I love that he wants to stand by those morals and yeah. those ethics and just no matter what we do the right thing. I don't care about laws or regulations or accords. He is my friend. I want to help him. And that's, that's all. And I love that about him that he's just so sort of an idealized pro yeah. pro I didn't
2: realize that this was a captain America movie uh-huh. until today. Um, and, and what was interesting.
3: <laughs> it says it in the title.
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't pay attention. Um, I literally just I try not to pay any attention because if I just convince my, if I if I pretend like I don't have to see a movie until right before I have to go, it's better that way. <laughs> so. Right. So I just kind of like I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's let's go do this. But anyhow, I w- there's this particular scene where he finds inspiration in what his decision making like he has to go to this, you know, event that's kind of like sad. But they're talking about, you know, like this inspirational kind of speech moment about standing up for what you believe in and holding your ground. Which it was just like, it was a really beautiful thing. And I, I, I do find that at the end of these movies, Captain America is one of my standout, he's one of my standout characters. Like yeah. I really I really love him. So you're, I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. It is on to our final segment, which is our buried treasure. Something in the area <laughs> of a pop culture that you want to let people know about that they uh, they may not have uncovered yet.
2: I wanted to talk about an app. What? An app? Yes. I found an app called Donate a Photo. It's by Johnson and Johnson. and essentially, you log in every day, you have a selection of different um, organizations that they're going to be donating to because Johnson and Johnson makes you know major donations. So for example, today I haven't done I haven't done this yet. So I can help a newborn in Ethiopia survive, and there's probably about 10 options or so. Um, and this one's about students in school. This one's about uh, access to safe water. So what you do is you pick the charity that you are wanting to donate to and it opens up your camera and you can either use a picture you've already taken or you can snap a new photo. I'll take one of Aaron and that's my picture today. And then just by posting it, it gives a dollar to that foundation. So that's kind of just a neat way. Sometimes I feel like we talk a lot about stuff happening in the world and you feel like you can't make a difference. And this whole entire app is just literally by taking a picture you can help change the world. So it's just oh, kind of a cool. neat little thing that I'm going to start doing. I did it yesterday for the first time, and then this is my second one. So I'll post this one, and then I'm, I've helped out somehow.
1: Uh, you know, I hear people talk about, like, when, uh, you know, things are going on in the world, and it's like, well, you know, how does pushing a like button help anything, you know? And I agree with that. You know, there's some sentiment of do something, don't just agree with something. Uh, and so it, it's kind of interesting that that app tries to take that to the level of being involved in social media and actually doing something, actually putting your resources or putting their resources somewhere. Because so that's not money that you're giving, is it?
2: No, it all it it's is money that they get what they do is they take the photo and they um, put like a banner on the bottom and the banner says this photo just helped, you know, um, give water to. Uh, a family and
1: so Johnson and Johnson gets the publicity for that they exactly get, yeah so but okay. you don't
2: have to post it I can I've already linked it up to Facebook Twitter and Instagram so I can go ahead and push that picture with a banner on it out to my other social media sources or you can just stay inside the app itself and it still makes a difference so once you finish completing it like I chose to give that photo for to helping family get water um, and then it tells you more about the charity, water.org. And it says 859 of 2,000 people get access to clean, safe water. So it lets you know kind of your progress and tells you how many pictures it takes to move that meter forward. Very so cool. kind of a neat thing.
1: Very cool. What about you,
3: John? Um, I don't know if this qualifies as too much of a treasure, but it's hidden, I suppose. Something I've been using to help me focus while I write scripts every week. Um, a website called A asoftmurmur.com. And it's a bunch of ambient sounds you can toggle on and off,
1: uh, rain,
3: thunder, waves, wind, fire, and birds. And you sort of select the volume levels you want for each sound, hit play, and then it's just an endless loop of these background sounds that hopefully sort of white noise and lets you focus. And it's good for me when I get distracted trying to write my reviews every week. So. that's wow. nice. So I, like that
1: yeah, no, that's I like that cool. stuff. Yeah, that's
3: uh, cool. If, if you want good background, chill music, but without the music, you just want like the sounds of crickets and fire. It's nice. I For love my, uh,
2: crickets, and fire. <laughs> that's, that's crickets in
1: fire.
3: That's
2: that's very torturous. No, Danae, I, Danae, that is difference. very cruel. Here, there's a difference.
1: You were the kid with a magnifying glass when you were growing up, weren't you? Nope. No, you weren't.
3: I was. <laughs> were you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're what's known as we were what's known as little boys. <laughs> so ah, most yeah, of we, us were like that. Um, yeah. I, my buried treasure is, uh, I've been getting into tower defense games uh, recently. And so, Have you played
3: I, Kingdom Rush yet?
1: I, I did. I, I actually, that's not the one I'm going to talk about. The one I found that I really love, and the reason I haven't played more Kingdom Rush, uh, the one I really love is Balloons Tower Defense, TD5. And it is so addictive. And I think what I love about it is it's monkeys shooting down balloons with darts. So there's something very cartoonish about it. But at the same time, it's, you know, classic tower defense where you build towers and you know have to build them at the right time and upgrade them at the right time and that kind of stuff. Uh, Field Runners was what got me into tower defense games like, you know, several years ago and I was just thinking, man, I I used to really enjoy playing Field Runners. I wonder if there's any other tower defense games out there and my boys actually I went to them and said, "Hey, what are some good tower defense games?" and they're like, "Oh, you got to try Bloons TD 5." And so it's Bloons by the way, B L O O N S, not balloons, Bloons. But I remember I- I remember playing the. you added it to my wish list? Uh, I remember playing balloons on uh, the computer, where you would shoot darts at balloons. It was like a targeting game. So it's the same company, and they just took those characters and put them into a, a tower defense game. And I think their tower defense game is now their most popular game. Um, so that'd, that'd be one that I would say possibly check out. And I'm having a lot of fun playing that.
2: I'm. I'm playing Nebulous right now. Is that
1: rude? (laughs) No, that's not rude at all. I'm sure John is playing Adventure Capitalist in one way or another at this point. Oh,
3: yeah. Still got it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm determined to beat that game. I know it ends. There is an ending somewhere, and I will finish it. In the meantime, though, I just kind of log on once a month for all the different events they've been doing. Which They do great events. It keeps my interest for a few days, then I kind of go back to ignoring it. Uh, Right now, I'm actually playing a lot of Star Wars Heroes, which is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've really enjoyed Adventure Capitalist. My, you know, my Earth earnings are going fine, and I've
2: oh my goodness, beaten
1: everything else. Oh my goodness! Do you know what your earnings are? We should compare our earnings right here live on the podcast. Let's do it. All right, let's see, let's see, let's all let's both open Adventure Capitalist. For those of you who don't
2: know, Adventure Capitalist is a game for people who like to have fake money. Now, (laughs) I I play games too, so it's it's just a different game. Basically, how would you describe this? You're basically given kind of like lemonade stands and donut shops and car washes. And your job is to most efficiently and effectively
0: it's double, a triple,
2: you know, it's keep, a level keep up your, button clicker. yeah. It's just all about leveling up, but it's all money based. So, Adventure Capitalist. I think we discovered this game, John Paul, When what was it?
1: It was on his episode, on one of his
3: episodes. Yeah. Is when I did. But how uh, many months ago was it? Oh, it was, yeah, a while it was in October. Ago. That that was yeah. when I was between houses. That yes, that's October. right.
2: Yeah. So we had discovered it just a little bit before that, and then Aaron got into it. I was so annoyed with it almost instantly. <laughs> so.
3: All right. So on Earth. I have just over one quintrigantillion angels.
1: One? Oh, angels. Let's go. So, angel investors? I feel uh, like that's the best way to engage. No, that's, that, that's probably that, right. One. What did you have? One what? One, just a
3: 1.016 quintrigantillion.
1: Ooh, I've got 13 octotrigantillion.
2: How do Octo- you even know? Is that me to your head?
1: Yeah, he's got five yeah. times the trigantillion. I've got eight times the is, Wow, is what that is.
2: I, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Qu- I think I think if I got uh, like let's just say maybe like which a is pet to say how much I, I a, a, a be, a,
3: maybe a better comparison is how many lemon stands do you have because that's
1: always <laughs> I'm uh, I'm sitting on
3: I feel uh, like the name
2: Trigontillion would be a good pet name <laughs>
1: would be a great pet name Trigontillion. I've got 8,500 8, lemon stands plus eighty I could buy if I wanted to
3: yeah okay I'm at eight thousand so I'm just uh, like maybe two, pro- honestly probably a couple months behind you
1: did you do the at, platinum it, upgrade and everything.
3: Platinum upgrade? Oh, you oh need is a... that what it's? Th- yes, yes, yes.
1: Okay, yeah, because you can now use your megabucks to do like a... 7,777 times
2: oh, multiplier. Somebody give me the machine to make this stop. <laughs> yeah. This is like when you guys go into comparing your lists of like movies and where you rank them. Yay. <laughs> All right, let's do lists no. now.
1: No! No! All right,
2: fine. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger on this. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sift Pop Podcast, our pop culture podcast on the Shudido the podcast network.
1: Thank you for being here. It's a part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed. That's at Mixler.com Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot Shoe the Dough. You can also find out more about Aaron and Danae at AaronandDanae.com.
2: But where can they find out about John Paula?
1: Yeah, huge thanks to John Paula today. Woohoo!
2: Jogwheel, uh, you, right?
1: Uh, for ha-
3: yeah, thank you for having me. You can find me at jogwheel.com or YouTube slash J-O-N. Much love.com slash
1: J-O-N- There you go. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well for giving monthly to make the show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. Support starts at a buck a month and comes with some really funny, a- some fun per- perks. Find out more at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea that you'd like to see on the network, let us know. All feedback welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com.
2: Thanks
3: for listening.
2: Oh, yeah. And don't forget, we do a spoiler cast if you want to hear the spoilers. That's only available in your Siftpop podcast feed.
1: Search for Siftpop at iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) That's my voiceover voice.
2: Good job, Aaron.
1: I was solid.
0: (laughs) Thanks. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.